Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 56. So I wanted this week's episode to be a little life update. There's a lot flying around at the moment, a lot going on, and it felt like a great moment to think about how different this past couple of weeks has been to the two weeks we were having two years ago. Because, of course, I couldn't let this week slip by without first remarking on how it has been two years since the UK went into our first national lockdown. The strictest, the strangest, the most significant of all the restrictions on life as we knew it. We've talked many times on this podcast about the naivety we all had in those early days and months, so let's not go over it in detail again, but it does always stand out to me how those times were just so bizarre. They feel in some ways, like a million years ago. Like the person I was then is almost an entirely different person to the one writing this now. But it also is so vivid a memory, it could have literally just happened. Especially as the UK is now in this whole new restrictions-free, living with COVID era, I feel the struggle to resolve those two parts of me. The part of me that feels like this is all so new and so strange that I could easily snap back to life before. And the part of me that is weather-worn by two years that feel like 20 years of coping and surviving and testing and worrying and adapting and learning and more testing and masking and keeping apart and enduring disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, from disruption after disruption after disruption. It's a strange experience to see those two sides of myself present themselves in response to things as they happen. I figure that each one has their own time and their own place, that there is probably some balance to be struck, but it's still a work in progress, that's for sure. So with the obvious milestone out of the way, what else is happening? Well, first up, I've been reading a lot more fiction and I've been loving it. It was one of my takeaway actions after reading Johan Hari's book on Stolen Focus. And I've been actively trying to make time to scroll less and read more. Not always successfully, I have to say, but in enough ways and at enough times that I have ploughed my way through a bunch of great books. I thought I would share a few I have particularly enjoyed. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I loved this book. I loved the writing of this book. The descriptions of nature were just total chef's kiss. It's a great story too, but the way she writes is exquisite. The Binding by Bridget Collins. 
This was recommended to me by my friend Emma, and it's not the kind of book I would have picked up or chosen for myself, but I am so glad I did. It has magic and romance and darkness and sadness and beauty. It was great. The idea at the heart of the story that books are trapped memories is just a tantalising premise and the story really delivers on its promise. The Transition Baby by Tori Peters This book was not an easy read by any means, but it was incredibly moving. I found myself captured by the characters and their experiences of gender and sexuality in a way I've never read before or even seen on screen. It's deep and complex and challenging, but ultimately so human. Good Girl Complex by L. Kennedy. This book was frivolous and silly and I loved every single moment. It's the OC meets She's All That but as a book. Perfect light reading. The Night She Disappeared and The Family Upstairs, both by Lisa Jewell. Both of these books are amazing page turners. I could hardly put them down. Twisted and thrilling and mysterious. She has so many more and I'm going to greedily consume them all. Boys Don't Cry by Fiona Scarlett. This book devastated me. I bawled my eyes out. It's beautiful. That's all I can say. So those are my book recommendations. As well as reading a lot, I've been writing a lot too. Every day, in fact. I challenged myself to write at least a little something every day at the beginning of the year, and so far I've done it. I've been posting them as TikToks on an account I call Say Thou Art. The link is in the description and show notes for this episode, as a way to share them but without any expectations. Some have been good, some have not been good. That's Cool. It's all part of the process. Some that I thought were good didn't get much of a reaction. Some that I thought were silly and not great got more engagement than the rest. It's been a fun process to write and share without too much filtering. I've been particularly enjoying occasionally slipping into more fiction writing. Inspired partly by the way that one of the books I mentioned earlier, The Binding, kind of take something that starts as true, as real, and then kind of follows that feeling or idea down a path that doesn't have to then match reality. It's been a great way to explore ideas without feeling bound up by the restriction of it having to be real. Or at least a factual retelling of something that physically happened. So I thought I would close this week's episode by sharing just a few of my favourites from the first three months of this year. This first one is called Second Hand Camera Shop. I love to stare in the windows of second hand camera shops. See the old cameras and lenses all neatly lined up. Each one with its own unique way of seeing and showing its view of the world. 
and think of all the things they must have seen and all the stories they have told. There is one shop near me that I walk past nearly every day. And for the past few, a lens has sat there, calling my name. A lens like one I used to own. One with which I took some of my favourite photos, but which I traded in many years ago for something bigger and better, feeling I'd outgrown. That simple little 35. But it's that simplicity I now miss inside. A choice already made, set up ready to plant your feet and take. So today I was hooked, and I went to take a look. I had resisted the urge for days, but my horoscope says it's a good day for second-hand shops. And that was all the permission I needed, and in my head popped. Followed by my heart, falling back in love again with that way of bending and shaping the light to its frame. And so I had to take it home. And now here I am, in its view, to read this poem. I posted this one a little while ago on Instagram, and it's about failure. Sometimes you've got to spin out, take the corner too fast... You only find the sweet spot by pushing past. Sometimes you've got to burn out to find yourself short. You only find the limit by hitting naught. Sometimes you've got to move quick, work on instinct. A higher state of consciousness keeps the little things licked. Sometimes you've got to face up to the fault. Fall in love with its flaws. Bring curiosity to sit with it and play and laugh and pause. Sometimes your heart will flutter, screaming danger, danger, danger. But there's excitement to be found in the pounding heart that accepts failure. This next one is called Death is the Tiniest of Holes. Death is the tiniest of holes through which we all must fit. Only the very essential will pass through. Everything else must be stripped. Stripped away in an instant for some. Quicker than the blinking of an eye which stays shut. But for others, life draws out the process. Taking peace by painful peace until only the soul is left. And another one that I wrote after visiting Pip in the hospice. Today I came to visit you in the hospice for the first time, but each time could be the last for us. And so each minute of every visit, however short, feels more precious than those countless ones that came before. I put on latex gloves and a plastic apron, making my way past the nurse's station to be welcomed by your bright and shining eyes that break through the darkness and the stillness where tired you lie. I read my letter to you, my bravest attempt to thank you before the end. I wish you peace. Sleep well, my friend. 
and another called more than mere memory. The mark we leave is more than mere memory. It would be foolish to think that only the easily recalled is meaningful. It is things we rarely, if ever, bring to mind that are the things so deeply ingrained through time that they no longer need help to be bought out. They're unquestionably indelible now. They are no longer the things we observe. Instead, they are the new ways we see the world. And the final one in my theme on death, our own dusk. The grief we feel is unexpressed love. The words unsaid between the two of us remaining forever apart until our turn to pass on, when the grief in turn will pass along. We will never get enough time together, never enough time to tell each other how precious the way we make the other feel is to us. And so we hold it inside as sadness until we reach our own dusk. And this one I wrote when I visited the Isle of Wight for the first time in two years. Today is the day the world starts again. Two years have passed since I crossed this water last and said goodbye, although I barely knew it at the time. But under blue skies and warm spring sun, it's time to not pretend we can go back, but instead to move on and finally a piece I call Burn the Witch the other kids say she's a witch and what if she is so what if maybe she's got crystals and knives in apothecary drawers labelled with Wiccan signs maybe she's in the dark with candles flickering a circle of stars drenched in incense communing with the past If she were a Colorado male, they'd moral panic about her capacity for Columbine. Instead, they let her slip gently by. Left mostly on the edge, bag, boots and nails scrawled in tipex, writing in her little black book of pagan poetry, dissolving out of view into a Tolkien fantasy. She could tell my future, I'm sure, if I ask, but I'm too afraid, too afraid she'll read my past. Stare into my soul with her eyes of glass, uncover the fraud unmasked by her craft. What if my palm gives me away? What if the wrinkles and lines say what I can't say, what I won't say for another decade? That I'm gay. Instead, we sit quietly both, not saying too much, not getting too close. A timid distance that only teenagers keep. Feeling drawn in by attraction so deep but never spoken. Wishful to escape the other's fate at the hands of the group should it be woken. They would chase her down and burn her with words if they knew... And I would burn too.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.